and good morning, Tucson and all of Southern Arizona. Welcome live out of the Common Workspace Studios. You're listening to Tipping Point with Zach Yenster on AM 1030 KVOI, the voice of the in-depth news, conversation, and talk about the people, ideas, and issues shaping Tucson's future. I'm your host, Zach Yenser, and to all of our listeners, and of course, Matt Neely making the magic happen on the other side of the glass. We wish everybody on this Thursday edition of the show a happy Friday Eve and the last day of June. Mr. Matt Neely, happy Friday Eve to you. How are you? Hey, Zach. It's a great day, and you got a special guest coming up in a few minutes. I do. Today is uh, today is a big show. I'm excited uh, about it, and I won't keep our listeners in suspense. And of course, many already know Matt's referencing in about T minus six minutes. Uh, the governor of the beautiful state of Arizona, Doug Ducey, will be calling in for an extended interview on a variety of topics, large and small. And uh, Matt, this was one of those conversations where my struggle was not what to talk about, but what is going to get left uh, on the table. And uh, we're going we're gonna to pack as much as we can. An extended two-segment, about 30-minute interview and we're uh, tremendously grateful to the governor for giving his time uh, here this morning to be with us in uh, in Southern Arizona. So, T minus six minutes. Matt is picking up the phone. T minus eight minutes. The conversation starts. So keep us right here on your dial on ten thirty. The voice, and then uh, Matt, another. Um, uh, added guest today. Sometimes things change in twenty four hours. Uh, my last guest. Um, here on the show is going to be uh, one Miss Sarah Smallhouse, the president of the board of Save Democracy Arizona, um, some electoral election reform um, ideas that are bubbling up, um, especially as 42% uh, of voters now nationwide identify as independent. Um, and in Arizona, uh, quickly um, catching pace with the Democratic and Republican parties in terms of voter registration is independent, PND, party not designated, uh, unaffiliated. So, Matt, that is our show today, and uh, and I'm looking I'm looking very much forward to it. So, uh, on that note, uh, Matt, I, I wanted to share with listeners because I am trying to pack so much in. Um, uh, please do feel free to call in, uh, but the way we're going to do it is. Uh, is leave your questions with Matt. I'll try to get to as many of them as I can as they fit into our conversation. But um, I've got the governor for 30 minutes and a ton to fly through. And so I'm going to do that on my end. But I I, I don't want to close the phone lines. I want them open for you to give Matt a call and say, hey, Zach should ask this and and I'll do my best. So Matt, does that sound like a a good plan for a uh, fast and furious interview? with the governor of Arizona. <laughs> I've been uh, warming up so I can get those questions okay. typed over to you as quickly as possible. The fingers, the thumbs, the thumbs are nice and warm. The fingers are are uh, 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 nice and ready to go. Pilates, extra <laughs> coffee, the whole bit. So we're ready. Matt we're was, ready, Zach. <laughs> Matt was doing, Matt was, actually, it's a true story. I walked by and uh, I'm just kidding. Matt Neely was doing Pilates, but we're, we're ready to go. This, uh, this show today, this segment is sponsored by Little Love Burger. They're opening downtown. Uh, they did on last fall, and I'm pleased to share. Not only are they doing really well, but they're also expanding. Little Love Burger is serving up the juiciest burgers, loaded hot dogs, have ice cream milkshakes, local brews, and breakfast sandwiches. You can follow them on social media at Little Love Burger. 
and mention you heard about them here on Tipping Point with Zach Yenser for a 15.15% discount off your next order. Uh, last uh, order of business, Matt, for our listeners before we uh, head a little bit early to our first break so we can come back to the green room and join Governor Doug Ducey on the line. Uh, I want to let our listeners know uh, that tomorrow is a guest list hour except for you. Uh, it's my last hour on the air as I hang up the headphones and sign off for the very last time here on Tipping Point on 1030 The Voice. But we'd love to have the phone lines open uh, tomorrow, Friday, to uh, to have final conversation with you to call in uh, and hear from you if you've been listening for a while. We'd love to chat. We'd love to connect with you. Our final drive time hour tomorrow, Friday, 520-790-2040. All right, the business is out of the way. That number is the number Governor Doug Ducey is calling any minute now. Matt, let's do this. Let's go to our break and get back in time to uh, to maximize our two-segment extended conversation with Arizona Governor Doug Ducey on just the other side. Tipping Point returns on 1030 The Voice. Local news and talk. 1030, The Voice. In 1994, the University of Arizona took the bold step of acquiring an industrial park in southeastern Pima County and transforming it into a university research park. With over 25 years of success, Tech Parks Arizona continues to advance innovation. Whether it's the 70-plus startups at the University of Arizona Center for Innovation or the new Tech Park at the Bridges that houses the university's commercialization hub with several other projects coming out of the ground, they are integral in shaping the future of Southern Arizona. Tech Parks Arizona, moving innovation at the speed of business. Hi, this is Ethan Orr from the University of Arizona, where we apply science for sustainability and economic opportunity. At the Arizona Cooperative Extension, we focus on youth leadership, water conservation, and environmental health. If you'd like to find out more about urban agriculture, youth development, or creating a healthier environment, call me, Ethan Orr, at 520-621-0906, or visit us at extension.arizona.edu. Zach Yenzo here, and I'm so excited to be a part of the launch of the Little Love Burger as they're growing in Tucson. Located just a few hours down from the Rialto Theater, Little Love Burger serves up the juiciest scratch-made hamburgers, loaded hot dogs, have ice cream milkshakes, lovable local brews, and the most addictive breakfast sandwiches. Little Love Burger is open Sunday through Thursday, 11 to 9, and Friday and Saturday, 11 to 10. You can follow their beat on Instagram and Facebook at Little Love Burger Tucson. Don't you want some burger to love? Tucson homeowners, do you have equity in your home and would like to sell but are afraid that you won't be able to find a new place in this market? Well, you're not alone. That's why CNC Partners has put together an innovative way to make your next home dream come true. They work with local investors who can purchase your home for cash, pay above market value, waive the appraisal, and provide you with the option to lease your home back to you for 12 months until you can find a new home in the Tucson market. If you'd like to see what that cash offer might look like with no obligation, go to Tucson Cash Offer. 
Zach Yenser here, host of Tipping Point, and I want to tell you that Decibel Coffee Works is the coffee we drink at home and while we're out and about. Run by a great local team of people who care about the Tucson community, you'll find a variety of great coffee drinks, beans, pastries, and more. There's also a rumor ice cream is on its way in 2022. To see their full menu and varieties of roasted beans from around the world, visit DecibelCoffeeWorks.com and visit them at 267 South Avenida del Convento. Mention you heard about them on Tipping Point with Zach Yenser for 10% off your next order on anything you buy. School's out and summer's here. And now's the best time to come out in the evenings and catch Tucson's professional soccer team, FC Tucson, in action. We're back home June 11th for Forever Pride. Fireworks and a salute to the troops on July 3rd. Celebrating Tucson's birthday on August 20th. And don't miss our defending WPSL Desert Conference champions in action. The FC Tucson women have home games June 3rd, June 19th, June 24th, and July 1st. Tickets start at just $10. Get yours now at fctucson.com. Did you know that Arizona is the first state in the country to implement a program like Earn to Learn has right here to support students with matched college savings? Through your investment, you enable students to leverage their own savings and resources to acquire the life-changing asset of a college education. If you want to be a part of increasing students' earning potential, minimizing student debt, closing the opportunity gap, and putting deserving individuals on a path to success, go to earntolearn.org to find out more. When you manage your money with a credit union, you're taking true ownership of your finances and how your money impacts the community. Stop letting banking just happen to you. Bring your money home to Vantage West. Federally insured by NCUA. Hi, this is Tom Sullivan. Join me weeknights from 7 to 10 for the Tom Sullivan Show on 1030 KVOI, The Voice. We're back Tucson and all of Southern Arizona live out of the Common Workspace Studios. You're listening to Tipping Point with Zach Yenser here on AM1030 KVY, the voice of the in-depth news, conversation, and talk about the people, ideas, and issues shaping Tucson's future. Let's jump right now to a very special conversation uh, with none other than the governor of this beautiful state, Governor Doug Ducey. Governor, thank you for spending some extended time here with us this morning in southern Arizona. We're grateful to have you. Welcome aboard. Thanks very much, Zach. It's great to be back in Tucson, <laughs> even if Absol- it's telephonically. <laughs> Absolutely. You are here in spirit and on the airwaves. Uh, Governor Ducey, lots to speak with you about Arizona's legislature approved a bipartisan $18 billion spending plan a week ago, and there's a a number of pieces of that I want to get your thoughts on here uh, in this segment, but I I need to quickly get your thoughts on a piece of news that broke about two hours ago uh, before we get into it. The Supreme Court uh, just ruled in President Biden's favor to end the Trump era remain in Mexico policy. Justices Robert and Kavanaugh joined uh, the liberal justices on that 5-4 decision. Uh, You've made the border a centerpiece of your advocacy on behalf of the state federally over the last year, and of course beyond, but very much in the last year. Well, what do you make of this decision at this point, and uh, and what, what do you think happens going forward? I've served alongside three presidents of the United States. Joe Biden is far and away the worst president on the border for that administration to lift the Remain in Mexico policy just demonstrates another failed border policy by the White House. Just this week, we saw more than 50 migrants die in the back of a tractor trailer. And Joe Biden talks about these policies being more humanitarian. Those deaths are on 
the hands of the administration. It's a result of them telling desperate people in other countries that our borders are open while they are not. So the decision from the Supreme Court is going to result in higher numbers trying to cross our borders, and the cartels are the ones that are profiting. It's a shame that the Biden administration just wouldn't do the right thing, enforce the law, and put good policy forward, but they will pay a heavy price in November for these policies. Again, Governor Ducey, that was not on my list of topics until about 7.30 this morning, but that's uh, that's how it goes. And I knew I know it's a new piece of news that I'm sure the ninth floor is still uh, is still processing. I-, I wanted to talk with you about a couple of a couple of things that you have pushed for. Uh, of course, you started your state of the state uh, earlier this year, pushing for uh, an investment in water conservation and augmentation. Uh, you signed on Tuesday of this week the FY 2023 budget that includes over a billion dollars. You actually got more than you wanted uh, for water conservation and augmentation. Uh, are you going to sign that sign that bill soon? Are you happy with what the legislature uh, brought to you? Oh, we're, we're thrilled. This was one of our most aggressive and ambitious agendas in the eighth year of a two-year term, and water was a capstone project. We want to ensure the next 100 years of Arizona's water future, and we'll be able to do it with this new dollars for Arizona's water authority and a sound investment with more details to follow. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that. The the haggling initially uh, seemed well throughout the process, and I would say even even today, the haggling seemed to be around conservation of water, those interests versus augmentation, bringing new water resources in. Um, I was reading, for example, the Audubon Society their response to the legislative process. They praised what they saw as a I think they called it a down payment on our water crisis, but they were they were concerned that the bill didn't do enough to address, for example, unchecked groundwater withdrawals across most of the state. And there's a number of issues where I think most people are generally happy, but in specific interests see, hey, we've still got this tension between conservation and augmentation. How, how do you see that playing out over the next few years? Well, my specific interest is the people of Arizona. So, of course, other organizations chime in, and there's a place for conservation, there's a place for augmentation, and there's a place for innovation. And I wanted to bring all of those to the fore to address our water issues. Nobody's been better on water in the United States. Nobody's been better in the world on water than than Arizona, except for maybe Israel, who we have learned quite a bit from. And we're going to apply some of their technologies, like desalination, like drip technology in agriculture. It'll take some time, but for the foreseeable future, Arizona's water security is is in, in sound hands. And what we're going to do is make sure for the following 100 years, we're able to responsibly grow and take care of our needs, both for our citizens and for our industries. Governor Doug Ducey is with us, the, the governor of Arizona, uh, finishing up uh, his second term, term limited, his eighth year. And uh, I believe if I'm getting this right, you're the first governor to serve two terms in Arizona since, what was it, the late 80s? It's been a while, Governor Ducey. 
Well, that, that's what I'm told. The folks that you know do do the research on the interview, uh, internet say uh, Jack Williams was the last one in this same situation. I, it's been the honor of my life to be able to do this. I've I've loved being the governor. It's a it's a great job. You uh, get to really affect the state that you love and make uh, life better and more opportunity for the people in, inside your state. But I believe in term limits. I think change is good. Eight years is uh, is is plenty. But I want to uh, do the most to achieve as much as I can in every remaining moment. So even though the legislative session is behind us, and I'm proud of what we've been able to accomplish, Zach, we want to continue and finish this this water deal. We have an opportunity for a desalination project to bring to Arizona. It would be the largest desalination project in the the world, and uh, it would be it would really be ground. Breaking. There's some more work to do. I was in Israel a couple weeks ago, was able to see the technology up close, drink water that 90 minutes before that was a wave in, in the ocean, and it was just as clear and fresh and refreshing as uh, the coolest glass of water that you've, you've ever had. So I think all of that is, is really positive, and uh, I'm excited for, for what's possible for Arizona's future. And definitely want to talk with you, Governor, uh, in the second segment about uh, as you look back, um, and then also you're, you have a role, a large role in the Republican Party, and want to talk with you about that as well uh, in the second segment. Uh, the uh, Over the past week, there's been a lot in the news about the state legislature's expansion of empowerment scholarship accounts. It might be uh, the nation's broadest program. It's a bill that allows uh, any of the uh, over million K-12 students in the state to be eligible to receive more than $6,000 for education expenses. Uh, most other state programs cap the number of students. They set income eligibility. This is an across-the-board expansion um, of ESAs. Uh, Governor, i got to ask you this. Even though $500 million in additional funding was provided for public schools, which is also historic, uh, critics say that, hey, in 2018, the voters voted against ESA expansion, and this is just siphoning more dollars away from public schools. How do you, how do you respond to, uh, to that critique? Zach, Arizona is the gold standard for educational freedom. We were already the number one state in the country for school choice, over 525 charter schools, 230,000 children, nearly 25% of our kids in those schools of choice and really performing well. We already had ESAs, which are educational savings accounts, which actually give the parents the power in this situation. And the last time we passed this, it was very limited. It was very restricted. Many people wanted to see it universal. Uh, the ones that we had, the 10,000-plus families that we had in the limited ESAs, were thrilled with the program. This now makes it available to anyone and, and everyone in the state, and we think it's an innovation that will benefit parents, families, and ultimately teachers in K-12 education. We'll see better results in math, reading, science, American civics and character formation. Do you think that the Ducey administration has done enough to invest in the public school system? That's been a theme uh, across uh, both of your terms as you look back. Have you, have you done enough? We've done more than any other state in the country. 
we came into office with a education system that was roiling in lawsuits and the sluggish economy. Today our economy is, is booming. We were able to pass Proposition 123, which put $3.5 billion additional dollars in K-12 education, get our teachers a 20% pay raise, extend Proposition 301, and I think all told we've put $11.4 billion additional dollars into K-12 education while lowering taxes, the largest tax cut in Arizona history. And with educational savings accounts, these dollars that are going into K-12 education go directly to parents if they so choose to give them the flexibility and the resources to properly educate their children. So we've done everything that we can. I think we've talked enough about putting additional money into K-12, although I think our teachers deserve more. What we need to focus on now are results results on math, reading, science, and American civics. We want our kids to know something of value, to be able to communicate properly and to analyze numbers when they walk across that stage in May of their senior year. And then the world opens up to them, whether they want to go to a community college, join the military, go to one of our great colleges or, or universities, or, or do something beyond that. But we want to give our kids options. And you spend 12 years sitting behind a ask, you ought to have skills when you leave and have those kind of choices. And in Arizona, I think we're the ones that are breaking the flat line that has been going on in American K-12 since the early 80s. With Governor Doug Ducey this morning, Governor of the state of Arizona. Uh, we've got a, a little bit less than two minutes, Governor, to this segment, but we have you for one after the bottom of the hour, and we thank you for that. Uh, a listener, uh, Luke, uh, messaged in with a question. I had this question yesterday. Uh, Arizona found out that you and Attorney General Brnovich uh, see uh, uh, abortion law in Arizona a little bit differently. You had recently stated um, that a recent law that bans most abortions after 15 weeks of pregnancy takes precedence uh, over a territorial law that has much stricter bans on abortion. Attorney General Brnovich sees the law differently. Uh, what's going to be available, Governor, in Arizona on this issue? Well, I think everybody knows that I'm a proudly pro-life governor. Arizona's been called the number one pro-life state in the country. But the attorney general has issued his opinion. He's the chief legal advisor for the state of Arizona. The question that I answered was in reference to the law that I signed in this legislative session that was due to go into effect 90 days after the end of the session. It seems that there is some challenge to what's happening here, and likely it'll have to be settled in the courts. We're with Governor Doug Ducey this morning. Um, and uh, that was again a, a a listener a listener question. Uh, let's uh, let's do this. There was another question from Roberta Governor. Anything that the governor and state can do to help secure the border? About a minute on this or less, Governor. Well. It's a great question. I would refer you back to my state of the state. Arizona is doing more than any other state or equal to what Texas is doing in terms of the border strike force that we have. We've allocated money to build a, 
a wall and physical barrier. It's a it's a checkerboard of federal land, state land, tribal land, and private land. So everywhere where we can legally and constitutionally make those investments, we will. I've partnered with Governor Greg Abbott for the American Governors Border Strike Force. I think we have 25 other governors that are that are adding resources and intelligence so we can stop these cartels in their tracks. But if our in, entire southern border is not secure, neither is our country. And that's on the Biden administration, Governor. New Mexico, and California. We'll be right, Governor, we'll be right back after this break. Thank you, Zach. Why I love where I live. It's a brand and movement that began here in Tucson to spark gratitude and celebrate the good things about where we live. Located in the open air Mercado San Agustin Annex, just west of downtown, it's a great place to shop or spend time with friends as you enjoy food, drink, and other shopping options close by. Find gifts, toys, books, and clothes that will help you celebrate where you live. Visit them at the Annex off the I-10 at Cushing and Avenida del Convento. Zach Yenser here, host of Tipping Point, and I want to tell you that Decibel Coffee Works is the coffee we drink at home and while we're out and about. Run by a great local team of people who care about the Tucson community, you'll find a variety of great coffee drinks, beans, pastries, and more. There's also a rumor ice cream is on its way in 2022. To see their full menu and varieties of roasted beans from around the world, visit DecibelCoffeeWorks.com and visit them at 267 South Avenida del Convento. Mention you heard about them on Tipping Point with Zach Yenser for 10% off your next order on anything you buy. School's out and summer's here. And now's the best time to come out in the evenings and catch Tucson's professional soccer team, FC Tucson, in action. We're back home June 11th for Forever Pride. Fireworks and a salute to the troops on July 3rd. Celebrating Tucson's birthday on August 20th. And don't miss our defending WPSL Desert Conference champions in action. The FC Tucson women have home games June 3rd, June 19th, June 24th, and July 1st. Tickets start at just $10. Get yours now at fctucson.com. When you manage your money with a credit union, you're taking true ownership of your finances and how your money impacts the community. Stop letting banking just happen to you. Bring your money home to Vantage West. Federally insured by NCUA. Helping you make better money decisions is what the Ramsey Show is all about. Today at 1 p.m. on 1030 The Voice. We're back, Tucson, and all of Southern Arizona live out of the Common Workspace Studios. You're listening to this Drive Time uh, Thursday, Friday Eve edition of Tipping Point with Zach Yenser on AM 1030 KVY The Voice. We're going to jump right back into our uh, part two, a very special conversation this morning uh, with the governor of Arizona, finishing up his second term. Uh, eight years as governor of Arizona, Governor Doug Ducey. Governor, I have uh, a couple of questions um, outside of some of the legislative items. Before I get there, though, sure, a couple sure. of uh, questions and topics that have come in from listeners. Um, a listener, Kurt, wanted to ask if you had any thoughts uh, as to why, and we speak about this a lot on this show, Governor, why Tucson's economic rebounds lag Phoenix and the rest of the state from your seat uh, on the ninth floor. What factors drive this, and what ideas do you have to strengthen or energize the economy in Tucson? Your thoughts, sir? Well, first, I'm proud to see Tucson having an economic rebound. I think if you had a better mayor 
and somebody that was more embracing of, of growth and free enterprise, you'd be doing even better. I partnered with Jonathan Rothschild, and I thought he was actually, I might have disagreed with him on a lot of political and, and policy issues, but on growth and what was best for Tucson and Tucson's economy, he was terrific. It was a real contrast to Regina Romero, who seems to be uh, anti-free enterprise and, and anti-responsible growth for Tucson. But Tucson is booming. My first trip as governor was to Mexico City, which is Arizona's number one trade partner, times four. My first trip upon re-election was to Mexico City. Our relationship from a trade perspective has never been better. We were the ambassador state on the USMCA, and we were able to get that over the finish line in in Congress, and really a Congress that gets uh, almost nothing done. So, you know, Phoenix and Maricopa County, of course, are the larger population, but great states have great cities, plural. And Tucson is among that constellation, and uh, I'm happy to see the growth that is happening there. Now if the city and county will get out of their own way and deal with the roads and and bridges and investments that are necessary in this growing uh, economic climate, you'll be even better off. Kurt, thank you uh, for that question, and Governor, thank you for taking the time to answer that. One last thing that came in um, ad hoc as, as we're having this conversation uh, is, is the issue of homelessness, uh, Governor. Certainly in Tucson, that number has spiked over the last three years, not unlike the spike we see in Phoenix and other parts of the state. Uh, this problem, along with housing, Governor, has come to roost in Arizona. Um, what, what should the next governor do about the homelessness uh, issue growing in this state? I've, I've talked a lot with both Regina Romero and Kate Gallego about homelessness. It's not an issue they seem to care about at, at all. We've done the proper investments in terms of affordable housing and good policy from the state level, but you do need partnership with leaders that want to care about their their cities or towns rather than try to become superstars on the progressive left and compete with places like Portland, Seattle, and you know their their rising hero Pete Buttigieg, who has made it to Washington D.C. How about focusing on being the the mayor of of your city and doing the right thing for people that really are vulnerable they're in need there's often an alcoholism or addiction or mental health nexus we've never had more money available in state and city government through what has been a very difficult time with covid-19 but what has been a really resilient and resounding economy in the state of Arizona. I think we're the fastest growing or second fastest growing state in the nation. People are voting with their feet. They're coming to our state. They want to have uh, affordable housing. They want to be able to find an apartment. And they don't want to have homeless people on the street. We want to get those people the, the services and attention that they need. It's a local issue, and the mayor should be held accountable. Governor Doug Ducey is with us, the governor of uh, the beautiful state of, of Arizona. Governor, I uh, wanted to ask you and get this in before we let you go. And again, thank you for this extended conversation together. 
uh, talking to, to to Arizonans here in Southern Arizona. No doubt, Governor, you either saw the GOP primary debate for governor last night, or at the very least, your ears were burning at how many times uh, they mentioned your name. Uh, this Republican Party, to me, seems very different from the one you ran within as a candidate for governor even eight years ago. And the reason I bring this up, Governor, and I'm not asking you to get into uh, the Republican or Democratic primary, but you are the chair of the Republican Governors Association. Uh, part of that body's job is to get Republicans elected to governor seats. What do Arizonans and Americans want from the Republican Party today, need from the Republican Party today? And is today's party meeting that need? Governor, your thoughts? Zach, I am the chair of the Republican Governors Association. This is the second year in a row that I've had that responsibility. Last year, we had great success in Virginia in electing Glenn Youngkin over Terry McAuliffe, and Virginia was a state that Joe Biden had won by 10 points. There are 36 governor's races in the country in this year, and these are our most important and competitive states, places like Florida, Georgia, Ohio, Texas, and yes, even Arizona. So I'm in the business of electing Republican governors. We're on offense. We always protect our incumbents. We keep our red states red, but never have we seen such an expansive map of opportunities to go into blue states and to elect a Republican governor. The state of Oregon just came online to give you an idea of how how large this map is and what we think we can accomplish. So we think we're going to have a national wave election. And part of the issues are what we've done in Arizona, the success that we're having, not only in a booming economy, but in educational freedom to put parents in charge and to fund students and not systems. There's nothing more conservative than that. And Joe Biden's lack of attention on the border, rising crime in our large cities, inflation, the cost of food and gas is something that's affecting every American. And they seem to be asleep at the switch in Washington, D.C. I think that they're going to pay a heavy price of course, there's infighting and back and forth inside the Republican Party. That's not unusual. That's happening in the uh, opposition party as well. But the people will speak on both August 2nd and November 8th. And I'm very much looking forward to what they have to say. Governor uh, Doug Ducey, uh, governor of Arizona, is with us if you just joined uh, in about four minutes, Governor Ducey, we're going to cut you loose. Uh, and then in about as uh, many months, uh, you know, January 1st um, is when uh, you'll step off the ninth floor. So I got to ask you the legacy question. Um, you know, certainly there are some listeners who agree with you, Governor, on your policies, some who don't. Um, but I'm not sure that there's anybody who uh, doesn't look back at Arizona 9 10 years ago and say, um, this state is a very much different state, a more modern state, a more economically diverse state. Uh, when you look back at your last eight years, Governor, what do you think your legacy is going to be? What do you want your legacy to be in this state as its top executive? 
Well, Zach, I'm going to answer your question, and I'm also going to say I've got 185 days left, so it's not a farewell speech here, but I am proud of what's happened with our economy. It's been transformed. When I came into office, we were known for call centers and construction, and today anybody that wants a job can find a job. People are flocking to our state, and it's everything from our wonderful service sector to software engineer, semiconductors, electric vehicles, and battery manufacturers. I'm proud where we are with Mexico. Our reputation's never been better. Our relationship's never been stronger. It was certainly at a rock bottom 10 years ago. We're an exporter of good policies all around the country. The American Civics Act was signed in Arizona first. Now it's in 30-plus states telehealth, universal licensing, and now educational savings accounts. Arizona leads the way on that. And then lastly, what we have to do between now and January 2nd of 2023 is put the capstone on this water project to make sure that Arizona can continue to grow in a healthy and responsible way over the next hundred years. So those are the things that I would point to off the top of my head, and uh, maybe we'll come up with even more between now and uh, January. Governor Doug Ducey, a last thing, and we'll, we'll cut you loose. And thank you for your service uh, to this state. And certainly thank you for coming on with us this morning for an extended period of time. Uh, in this sport we call politics, Governor, you are a young man, uh, decades ahead. When you step off the ninth floor on January 1st, uh, is this the last time Arizonans will see you uh, in a public office? I've, I've loved my job. Governor is the job that I have wanted. I want to finish strong in this position. I want to do an excellent job for my peers as the leader of the Republican Governors Association. I still care very much, as much as I've ever cared, about the conservative cause. And there's ways that you can be influential in that cause. And your name doesn't always have to be on a ballot to do that. I actually want to say to your listeners, you have more power than you think in holding politicians accountable to getting the right people in office to make sure that your city, your county, your state are the places you want to live in. So be involved. I, uh, I will continue to be involved, but you know, going forward, at least in January, I'll be involved as a, as a civilian and a citizen. Governor Doug Ducey, we'll put a pin uh, in it there. Thank you so much again. Uh, I know you are calendared by the five-minute block so for you to spend two long seconds with us is a true honor. Uh, thank you again, Governor Ducey, for being with us here in Southern Arizona. And stay safe and stay cool out there, sir. You as well, Zach. Thanks so much. Really enjoyed it. Thank you, Governor. Tucson, Bye. that does it for our uh, two-part, two-segment conversation with the governor here on this Thursday drive time hour. We're going to go to our last break of the hour. When we come back, Sarah Smallhouse will be with us. She's the president of the board of an organization called Save Democracy Arizona. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Ten thirty, the voice, Tucson's trusted local news and talk. 
Tucson homeowners, do you have equity in your home and would like to sell but are afraid that you won't be able to find a new place in this market? Well, you're not alone. That's why CNC Partners has put together an innovative way to make your next home dream come true. They work with local investors who can purchase your home for cash, pay above market value, waive the appraisal, and provide you with the option to lease your home back to you for 12 months until you can find a new home in the Tucson market. If you'd like to see what that cash offer might look like with no obligation, go to TucsonCashOffer.com. In 1994, the University of Arizona took the bold step of acquiring an industrial park in southeastern Pima County and transforming it into a university research park. With over 25 years of success, Tech Parks Arizona continues to advance innovation. Whether it's the 70-plus startups at the University of Arizona Center for Innovation or the new Tech Park at the Bridges that houses the university's commercialization hub with several other projects coming out of the ground, they are integral in shaping the future of southern Arizona. Tech Parks Arizona, moving innovation at the speed of business. The economy is moving forward, and Arizona businesses are looking at new opportunities and challenges as we emerge from COVID-19. Leading companies are planning how to respond to new business and rebuild their teams and are looking for critical talent now. The right talent in key positions will make all the difference, and having a trusted and dedicated talent acquisition partner will give you an edge. Devin and her team at Talent Store will connect you with top talent while positively impacting time to hire, retention, and your employer brand. Learn more by visiting yourtalentstore.com and schedule time with Devin and her team. Why I love where I live. It's a brand and movement that began here in Tucson to spark gratitude and celebrate the good things about where we live. Located in the open air Mercado San Agustin Annex, just west of downtown, it's a great place to shop or spend time with friends as you enjoy food, drink, and other shopping options close by. Find gifts, toys, books, and clothes that will help you celebrate where you live. Visit them at the Annex off the I-10 at Cushing and Avenida del Convento. Hi, this is Ethan Orr from the University of Arizona, where we apply science for sustainability and economic opportunity. At the Arizona Cooperative Extension, we focus on youth leadership, water conservation, and environmental health. If you'd like to find out more about urban agriculture, youth development, or creating a healthier environment, call me, Ethan Orr, at 520-621-0906, or visit us at extension.arizona.edu. Zach Yenzo here, and I'm so excited to be a part of the launch of the Little Love Burger as they're growing in Tucson. Located just a few hours down from the Rialto Theater, Little Love Burger serves up the juiciest scratch-made hamburgers, loaded hot dogs, have ice cream milkshakes, lovable local brews, and the most addictive breakfast sandwiches. Little Love Burger is open Sunday through Thursday, 11 to 9, and Friday and Saturday, 11 to 10. You can follow their beat on Instagram and Facebook at Little Love Burger Tucson. Don't you want some burger to love? This is Bill Buckmaster. Join me at noon on 1030 Tucson's Voice for Trusted News Talk. And we're back, Tucson, and all of Southern Arizona, live out of the Common Workspace studios. You're listening to Tipping Point with Zach Yenser on AM 1030 KVY, The Voice. This segment is sponsored by our friends at Decibel Coffee Works. It's the coffee the Yensers drink at home and while we're out and about. Go visit them at the Mercado San Agustin Annex uh, just off I-10 between Cushing and Congress. Mention you heard about them on Tipping Point with Zach Yenser for 10% off your next order of coffee, drinks, beans, pastries, and, yes, ice cream. 
10% off. Uh, if you just joined us, we just left Governor Doug Ducey, uh, the governor of Arizona. Uh, a two-part extended uh, conversation was very uh, grateful to get to have that here in Southern Arizona. Our final guest of the hour is Sarah Smallhouse. She's the president of the board of Save Democracy Arizona. Sarah, it's a pleasure to have you on. Welcome aboard. Thanks for being here. Well, thanks for having me, Zach. <laughs> so, uh, so, so who is Save Democracy Arizona, and why do you exist, and why do you care? Yeah. So, um, Save Democracy is a 501c3 nonprofit organization um, that was formed to do education around election issues in Arizona. Um, we were motivated because pretty much everyone is feeling frustration and upset and often completely unrepresented. And I, I say this not from just personal opinion and anecdotal evidence. The Center for the Future of Arizona regularly does Gallup polls, the highest quality polling one can do. And it, it clearly, the results show that Arizonans agree on a number of very important things at a very high level. But you wouldn't really know it by looking at our legislature and, you know, the public debate. And so there's a lot of frustration out there that our system is not working for us. And Safe Democracy was formed to start a conversation and um, raise awareness around how our election system supports or does not support um, the, the views of voters in Arizona and how it either encourages or, as I believe, does not encourage constructive problem solving in our legislature and a you know, civilized, respectful debate uh, of the issues. So we, um, we are out there uh, look at, looking to advance those goals. Our website is savedemocracyaz.com. Don't forget the AZ. <laughs> and um, there's a lot more to learn on that website and articles and, um, yeah, more than I could summarize right here. But right. That's, the, that's the intent. I think there's two numbers, Sarah, that really highlight what you're talking about for me, and those two are in these are Arizona numbers, uh, if, I, if, if I'm correct. Eighty percent of all legislative races in this state are determined in the primary, and by and by that we mean um, that eighty percent of all legislative races are safe legislative districts, meaning they lean safely Democratic or they lean safely Republican, the general doesn't even matter because of that leaning. So it's all about that intra-primary um, conversation, which we know, Sarah, is, um, is a conversation amongst the truest believers. Maybe we'll put it that way. And, and I think whether someone listening is unaffiliated or is Republican or is Democratic on their registration, I think most people realize that that system uh, it has its challenges. The other number, Sarah, and then I want to get your thoughts on this, is 34%. This is the this is the percentage of the current registered Arizona electorate who are not registered to either party. That number, Sarah, is catching up and may soon exceed the registration of Republicans or Democrats in this state. Isn't that right? Yeah, 
Yeah, independents are deaf and unaffiliated voters. People who choose not to designate an affiliation when they register is the fastest growing voter block in Arizona. And and you are absolutely right that in Arizona, despite the fact that we really have an exemplary redistricting system in place, um, competitiveness with respect to uh, the, the political parties is only one of six criteria. And so lines get drawn, and, and you're, you're right, Tw- 25 out of 30 districts in Arizona do have a strong partisan lean, and the people who participate in those elections are people who are the most motivated, the most engaged, um, who feel the strongest. And often that correlates with uh, kind of the wings of both parties, the hard right people and the hard left people. And so when the outcome of a primary is decided by that part of the electorate, and there is a leaning in that district, what we get is a disproportionate of relatively extreme people being seated in our legislature. And often the majority just ignores the minority and there's, there isn't a problem solving or even much, much incentive to listen to the other side. And, you know, we, we believe that the people behind Save Democracy that, um, you know, most Arizonans t- fall kind of in between the two extremes. And um, we'd like to see an election system that rewards people for listening to voters, having an open mind, and digging into the issues and, and really problem-solving for the benefit of our state, rather than just taking... Well, I, you know, it, it's basically just taking a party line one way or the other. It, it's kind of uh, thoughtless and dictated in many cases by forces outside our state. Sarah, we have about four minutes left together, and I want to ask this question. Uh, you, 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 you say that Save Democracy Arizona uh, is starting a conversation. Give me the bullet points of that conversation uh, in, 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 in about two minutes. What does that reform look well, like to you? It's, it's critical that independents and unaffiliated vo- voters have a better voice. They're truly second-class citizens in, in today's system. Voters who, who aren't registered Republican or Democrat have to take an extra step to, to request a ballot, which, by the way, uh, can be done up until July 22nd, and you can register until July 5th. So voters have to go through extra hoops, and also candidates have to go through extra hoops. An independent candidate has to collect six times as many signatures as a Republican or a Democrat. And all of this has the effect of excluding the biggest and fastest growing block of voters in Arizona. And it, it's, a, it's really uh, fundamentally unfair. Furthermore, uh, all taxpayers pay for these primaries. Um, they're essentially private organizations, but they're the ones that are conducting the primaries right now. And we all pay for that, even though only 34% of voters tend to participate. So it's uh, what we're talking about is a solution that would work for everybody. And if we had open primaries with one ballot for all voters, all candidates, 
that would encourage our uh, candidates to speak to everyone, and hopefully it would encourage more voters to engage and express their, their preferences. It, it has worked that way in other states. So w- what we want to do is start a conversation around this, raise awareness, and start talking about what an Arizona solution might look like. Mm. Yeah, you know, and I think from what I know uh, of of your work, Sarah, I think that's an important piece is that uh, th- there are some possible things that could be considered, like uh, you mentioned open election. Does party affiliation get listed on the ballot or not? D- d- does all candidates yes, have could. same signature requirements? What you're not saying is here is what we think should happen per se right now today. It is, hey, going forward, what if as Arizonans we said, yeah, these one or two, three things kind of make sense. Let's see, maybe we can maybe we can get this institutionalized. Um, in in Arizona. On that note, Sarah, how can people get a hold of Save Democracy Arizona, get more information, uh, maybe donate to the cause? The website website is the best place. Again, one word, savedemocracyaz.com. That would be the place to go, and we encourage people to get on our mailing list and um, you know, t- take a look at some of the articles that are there to, to gain a better appreciation. We, our fundamental bedrock belief is that our system is not working for us. Mm-hmm. And if we don't take corrective action, we can expect more of the same. Sarah Smallhouse, president of the board for Save Democracy Arizona. Sarah, thanks for being with us and uh, all the best. And uh, thanks for sharing with us here on Tipping Point. Thank you, Zach. Have a good day. You as well. Tucson, that does it for our Thursday, Friday Eve edition of the show. Hugh Hood up next. Bill Buckmaster at noon. We'll be back tomorrow for our final show here on Friday. Join us. Don't miss it. 1030 The Voice. See you tomorrow.